It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's year three for the likes of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. How have the Jaguars, Bears, Patriots, and 49ers built things around them? We're grading and evaluating those situations today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Joe, I don't want to say happy Memorial Day to you, um, but I I hope you enjoyed the long weekend. We're recording on Sunday mm-hmm. for Memorial Day. I, I'm assuming you're cooking on the grill if I know your habits correctly. Is that is that an accurate assumption yeah. on my part? We're starting the day with Murph, and then we'll get to the grill. Okay, very good. What are you cooking on the grill? I don't know yet. It's it, As you mentioned, it's Sunday afternoon. We're recording this, so I'll probably head to the grocery store tonight, get something make sure that we uh, have something good to eat tomorrow. We are doing chicken sausage, steak, and uh, burgers for the kid. Okay, that's a that's a lot of variety there. Yeah, we're the 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 grill's gonna be very full. Okay, well that's a so. that's a lot to manage. But I know you're mm-hmm. up to the task. I've seen I've seen you throw. Uh, Steaks and what was it? Lobster tail you put on there? Uh, no, it was um, shrimp, crab shrimp. cakes. We I don't shrimp. know. We did um salmon one time with you. Salmon, yeah, yeah. So we've been, you know, we, you know, dabble. It's not a charcoal dabble. grill. Are you, you big charcoal guy? Uh, I I love I do love a charcoal grill. I just don't have one. I don't I don't know. I don't. The whole process is intimidating. It's long. You know, How about the so, eggs, the egg grills, uh, the smokers. Yeah, it's like a like a a dragon egg, the I'm size of cl- like your torso. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting close to being interested in that. Okay. I've been thinking That's about the next them. next step yeah. in our dad evolution. Yeah. Yeah. dad's draft dad. I think so. I think I think okay. smoking meats is going to be in my future. Yeah, great, yeah. very good. Well, because I'm, I'm not uh, taking up history. You know what I mean? That that won't be me. Maybe that'll be you. You into history? Mm. Not really. Sports history. <laughs> right, sports history. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You've written a book about the history of a proud organization in the NFL, Buffalo Bills. Right, but you know, not you're not going to catch me writing books about uh, you know the Revolutionary War. Excuse so. me. The franchise that has Haley Steinfield's 
Oh God. Boyfriend. I'm glad I'm glad that could come up on one of the podcasts. That's great. Haley Steinfield. Glad I could figure out who she is. <laughs> now I've learned that she was in Pitch Perfect, a movie I like. <laughs> Pitch Perfect Two, I believe. Was when was she it made Pitch her Perfect Two so. and then She's in some Marvel movie, imagine she, I she's um she's the voice for Gwen Stacy in the Spider Verse films. Oh, and then so she's she not even actually, like in the movie? No, because she plays Oh, you're testing my I'm not this big of a Marvel fan. Hmm. Kate Bishop. Her character's name is Kate Bishop. She's oh, like okay. Hawkeye's protege. So like a normal person with a bow and arrow that runs around and like shoots stuff. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I like her. All right, all right. Because this is, you know, this is potentially a very important figure New member here. Mafia, you know? Potentially. We'll see. If we don't scare <laughs> off, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. Josh's biggest problem right now is the Bills fans, you know? Well, let's not scare off the fans <laughs> right. of the Jaguars. Right the 49ers, the Bears, and the Patriots who have come back to hear us grade their Not situations. Sure. Not sure if any Jaguars fans came back. And, and probably no Patriots fans either, although we did get oh, some good, no. nice compliments yeah, the about Patriots the Patriots fans. I got, somebody tweeted at me and said, it's nice to hear some positivity. It's me. Yeah. I'm tweeting well, about the Patriots. It's obje- we, you know, we were objective. And I, I thought Thanks. we've been objective about all these teams. And so if we can get a compliment from a Patriots fan that says we're objective about talking right. about New England, that's the greatest compliment that you could give. I'll right? take it. I'll take. I'll overlook all the mean Jaguars fans for the nice Patriots fans. Imagine right. that. So let's have a disclaimer because we have four quarterbacks, and now we're five minutes in, and we haven't talked yikes at all. Yikes <laughs> about the situations. It's a holiday. We got to keep it loose, right? Um, we did deep dives on Jacksonville as a team, on San Francisco as a team, on Chicago as a team, and on New England as a team last week. So if you really want the nitty gritty and like you want to hear the the finer details about all the things that we're going to grade, I would probably recommend catch those episodes first because this is a little bit more big picture. This is going to be a little bit more fast paced as we talk about the grading that we gave all the situations so that we can get into in segment three, uh, some pretty big, big, big picture stuff with these situations, because for these quarterbacks, these four quarterbacks that we're doing we now have a four-year sample size or a three-year sample size of situations, team success, individual player success. And I think there's some pretty interesting trends about the development of each one of these situations that we're going to talk about here. So we want to save a little bit of time. So let's dive right in. You want to start with, with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff and the grade that you gave it versus some of the other grades on the previous iterations of this? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, coaching situation, like you mentioned, Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy, former NFL head coach, is the quarterback's coach, and then Nick Holtz is the passing game coordinator. Guy, I'm a big fan, big fan of this group around Trevor Lawrence. Uh, We've seen Doug Peterson in multiple places elevate the talent that he has. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty dreamy. Gave it a solid four and a half. And five is a perfect score. Yeah. Right. And the only other grade that you put in that stratosphere – between the other six quarterback situations that we did, not including the ones we we haven't talked about that it, were in the 2021 class, was Bryce Young and Frank yeah. Reich and that coaching staff. It's the depth of that staff that really pushed up that yeah. grade too, yeah. Uh, I also gave Jacksonville a four and a half for their coaching staff. Doug Peterson is one of my favorite head coaches in the NFL. Schematically, what he does, he certainly proved himself as not just being the Andy Reid protege who... Uh, was propped up because of Andy Reid 
and he's now done it in multiple spots. And the growth that we saw in, in, from year one to year two in Trevor Lawrence, particularly in the back half of the season, speaks for itself. Uh, this is one of the best coaching situations that you can put a quarterback, especially one like Trevor Lawrence, in four and a half for me as well. All right, we got the quarterback room. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has C.J. Beathard and Nathan Rourke in this quarterback room with him. Kyle doesn't move the needle for me. You know, that's uh, I'm not sure you want any of them playing. I don't know how much of an asset Beathard's going to be to Lawrence. I think this is pretty below average. I gave it a two and a half. Remember, average is a three. I gave it a two. Um, I don't think you have somebody that can keep his head above water if he has to play for an extended period of time. This is a quarterback that's in year three. How about somebody that's played in this system previously? That'd be pretty nice to have, right? Yeah. If you, if you could have could find somebody with experience in, in all of the things that Doug is doing to continue to have Trevor have another sounding board in that room. Um, of course, it's nitpicking because Trevor's health willing going to play every single snap, and you, you don't mm-hmm. need somebody else who's going to be a starting caliber player, but I think you have replacement-level players in that quarterback room, and you know, maybe maybe Doug serves that role plenty well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's you average out the quarterback room with the coaching staff room, and you still have an above-average situation in your good shape. I gave it a two. Gets us to the run game uh, where we have Travis Etienne uh, coming Bigsby. off of a nice year. Yeah, Tank Bigsby is the compliment. Somebody said Travis Etienne underwhelmed last year, and that's Tank Bigsby Ooh. coming into. I think they'll be nice complimentary <laughs> players. Jamichael Hasty, Darius Johnson, low-key nice uh, pickup coming nice over from ad, Cleveland. Yeah. I like the stable backs, Kyle. Don't necessarily – I'm not in love with the with the offensive line. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, but I do like the complementary skill sets in this backfield, youth, and you know a little bit of experience there as well. I gave it a three and a half. Well, and also acknowledging with the offensive line, I think it's probably a little better in run blocking than as sure. in bass protection, right? Sure. So a tick above average for me. Walker Little at left tackle, lest we forget. Walker yeah. Little at left tackle and, and Anton Harrison at right tackle. But uh, I gave this a three and a half as well. Uh, I think this is a plenty above average group. I think ETN can continue to uh, be a more effective, consistent player, a little bit of a chunk run, you know, big, big play hitter as a running back and Bigsby being somebody who could potentially give you a a more fortified presence in in short yardage situations. Uh, I think there's, I agree with you, uh, well-rounded group and complementary skill set. So three and a half for me as well. This is above average running game situation. Offensive line is up next, Kyle, with the Jaguars, and we we spent a lot of time on this during the recap podcast where we really broke down Jacksonville in the last week, and I think the reality here is they've got a lot returning here, um, but I think there's question marks literally at every single position, um, and I, I don't know that there's any like plus starters here, right? I'm not sure that there's like a an absolute anchor of this unit. I think you want that to be Brandon Scherf. He's been injured for multiple years in a row, didn't play his best football last year. They're counting on some growth from some young players here, but uh, this is this is something I wish was a little bit better. I give it a tick below average grade of a two point seven five, and I was at a two and a half. My thought process exactly the same. I'll say this: I can see the pathway for this being an average to marginally above average group. Right? Walker Little realizes his potential. Ben Barch wins the left guard job. Luke Fortner takes another step forward in year two as a third round draft selection for the Jaguars. Yeah. Scherf even if he doesn't bounce back to what he was when he was at his best. And I think if he plays to the level that he was and doesn't regress further, you can be fine there. And then Harrison is obviously a big wild card and and then you'll get Cam Robinson back at some point. And 
Uh, I think that's the pathway for this being a group that scores better at the end of the year than it does at the beginning of the year. But right now, I do agree with you. There's a number of questions, a number of young players that have to level up and step up. I gave it a two and a half. Next up is pass catchers Christian Kirk. A lot of touchdowns, a lot of production last year. Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley, welcome back. Zay Jones played his best football last year with Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, Evan Ingram's here. Brenton Strange, who they drafted. And Kyle, how could we forget Jamal Agnew? Let's not let's not it's overlook a critical critical component critical of that, piece of the, of the roster. Uh, I gave this a four. I think this is uh, this is a really nice group around him. Uh, a lot of depth, a lot of uh, you know guys that have done it right, and a lot of guys that have done it in this system. And now you add Calvin Ridley. I, I'm I'm a big fan of this. I also gave it a four. I think Ridley will come back and and do just fine. I think Obviously, so you don't too. Want to, you don't want to put too much stock into the uh, mid May workout video. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. But oh, this is a player who, you know, I think statistically speaking would have probably been okay. And, and if he didn't miss the time that he missed with Atlanta that last year that he was there, he probably stabilizes some of the drops that really felt like they plagued him. And I think there's some off the field context there that could explain that as well. And uh, I like him and Kirk's if, if Ridley does come back and is somewhat of the player that he was, before he missed the time, you know, there's a complimentary component there of, I, I think, ways in which they can win in similar ways. And I, I think that gives you more multiplicity with your receiver room. So I, I like that group too. I give it a four. Last item to get to is the defense. I think this is a defense loaded with young, developing talent. Promise. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that aren't close to their ceilings that have big ceilings to develop into. And you saw really good growth last year from some of those players. I think it could be really, really good. I'm coming in at a three and a half, which is a tick above average, but I recognize that could really go up this year. Hater. I gave it 3.75. Uh, a quarter of a so point there. Why do you yeah. hate the Jaguars defense? Um, I just, this defensive I, line's really good. It is, but I wish there was more depth on the edge. I wish that. I, I get it. I better about the slot situation. We talked about it, right? Yep. Devin Lloyd's got to find himself a little bit, so. Look, I, I even think the linebacker, the, the front seven, I, I think is going to be a, a linchpin for this team. So we'll see what, what some of those other complementary pieces put together, but I think there's a lot to work with in the front seven, and, and I, I like a lot of the talent that they have. I gave it a 3.75. So, Joe, your, your final score for Jacksonville was 20.75. Pretty good. My final score for Jacksonville was 20.25. So – I think we will we'll probably take our break before we do Trey Lance, but just to contextualize yeah. those for Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville in 2021 got a 19.75 from Joe, and then in 2022 got a 15 from Joe. Jacksonville <laughs> in 2021 for me got a 16 and a half, and then in 2022 got a 14. So you're up over 20 for both of these. That's a pretty exclusive and prestigious club for these quarterback situations for your situation to be above a 20 in this exercise. I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, we got a bunch more to get into, but first we're going to tell you about FanDuel. Folks, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's a lot that you can get in on. There's the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball's in full swing, NFL futures bets are all available, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than over at America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I don't know if you saw that, but today I successfully executed the mute the mic to clear my throat and take a sip and then unmuted when we came oh, wow. out break. Growth. Which There's we a... did not do we did not do on Friday. Tremendous growth, Kyle. We're all we're very, very thankful for Self awareness is a powerful thing. It um, is. <laughs> we'll talk about Trey Lance and the yeah. San Francisco. Trey Lance slash Brock Purdy. Right. It's a weird right? situation. This is it's the quarterback situation for a team that had a rookie starting quarterback last year, and he's going to be a second-year player this year, but really traded three ones to go up and get Trey Lance and might get the opportunity to start depending on if he can, if he's healthy and if he can beat Darnold and if Purdy's not ready to go. Just a whole bunch of questions. So it's the 49ers quarterback situation, but we've done Lance as the presumptive. Um, you spend three ones for a guy. You assume he's the long-term answer, and then last year happened, and Jimmy G was ended up being – the guy when Trey got hurt, but you assumed in year two that they were going to pivot to him because of the investment that they made. 2021 and 2022 Trey Lance, Joe, for you, coming into grading Trey Lance in 2023, was two of your top five scores that you've given out in this exercise. And we've done like 21 quarterback situations. And they were two of my top three situation so san francisco has been very lofty now case in point the team the last two years including the playoffs has won 12 and 15 games but trey lance hasn't won (laughs) so let's talk let's talk about san francisco's situation as a whole and how it compares to the last two years which have been very well represented in this exercise get going with coaching here head coach kyle shanahan quarterback coach brian greasy their assistant quarterback coach clay kubiak and their passing game specialist is Clint Kubiak. So we got a bunch of Shanahan stuff, some Kubiaks going on here. Kubiaks, greasy. Bottom line here is, I mean. Greasy played for his dad in Denver. Right. We, we all know how this goes. Shanahan has proven time and time again his ability to coach quarterbacks, get production out of quarterbacks. Um, and you got to love the Kubiak influence and the greasy. I mean, it's a good. This is great. I gave it a 4.75. This is a this is an ideal situation for any quarterback. So, I think you acknowledge the loss of D'Amico Ryans as the defensive coordinator, right? This is grading the coaching staff as a whole, right? So, I thought about a five. But I said, eh, defensive coordinator change. But I didn't feel right giving it a 4.5 and giving it a tie with what I gave Doug Peterson. So, I gave it a 4.51. Okay. It's a better coaching situation. Than Jacksonville, but by this much. It's a very good group. Quarterback room here is very interesting because it's like Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. We're not sure who's starting week one between any of them, right? You could probably talk yourself in any one of those three starting in week one. Um, But you have, I mean, a veteran now in Sam Darnold who's kind of been around the block. and, And And has lived in the shoes of Trey Lance. As yeah. the third overall pick. Yeah. I I think there's a lot to like. I, I think the worst part about it is, is that they all want to be the starter, right? 
I don't know how healthy that is. I gave it a four. Yeah, I think there's plenty of physical talent in the room. I think the the competition is good, especially when Trey hasn't. I think I'd probably feel a little different about it if Trey has played with any amount of volume to be like, look, you invested in this guy, bring these other guys in here to compete probably isn't super healthy, but like you saw Brock Purdy thrive coming out in that same environment with Jimmy G and Trey Lance and Brock Purdy was the QB three. And so I gave this a four because you have a lot of competition. You have guys with stuff to prove, even Trey at this point. If Trey had been a little unquestioned previously, I would probably be a little bit more lukewarm about the collection that we have here, but I also gave it a four. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't played two meaningful football games in a season since in four years. <laughs> it's tough to reconcile, man. I've never seen anything like right. this. Right. Uh, run game. This is a heck of a situation here with it's Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell <laughs> and the great run scheme. I mean, this is phenomenal. I'm giving it a 4.75. The reason I don't give it a five is because that right tackle situation. I had to dock it somewhere for that. I don't care. I gave it a five. <laughs> You're more concerned about the offensive line than we are, huh? You got Kittle and Usechek and your backup running back would be a starting running back and Elijah Mitchell for a number of teams across the league. You got the run schemes with Shanahan. You got Trent Williams. They absorbed the, the turnover and the attrition last year with changing personnel. I'm unfazed. I mean, this is this is top, they they do top shelf stuff schematically. In addition to electric talent with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell being a really good player, so I give this a five. I don't give many five. We, I mean, how many fives have we given? Not many. Uh, you didn't give a single one, right? This year, I gave two. And spoiler alert: San Francisco got them both. <laughs> okay, so that that's coming. Yep. Uh, what's next? Pass catchers. Oh, offensive yeah. line. Offensive Oh, line. offensive line. Trent Williams, he's pretty good. Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, Colton McKivitz. Four returning starters here. Colton McKivitz, your new one at right tackle. Um, I like the group. I don't love the group. I gave where did, where's my I've I've scrolled, I've lost my place. I'm in three. shambles. Gave I gave it a three. Thank you. Yeah. I mean Trent Williams sets the floor at like a two by himself, right? Right. He exists. That's a two. Yeah. Yeah. Two out of five just by one of the five spots on the offensive line. I agree. I think there are the, there is something to prove with some of these guys. Um, I think the scheme often transcends it, um, so I'm not super worried about it. But I will acknowledge having a new right tackle and an unaccomplished right tackle is a little unsettling, um, especially if you end up with uh, Purdy, who I think is probably the least athletic of the guys, uh, who ends up being back there. Now, he, he's plenty mobile, but versus Trey and even Sam, I think he's probably the least athletic of the guys. So I gave it a three as well. I, I think it's a fine group. Trent is the best tackle in football, but the other four guys combined, are, I think there's a lot to prove there. Pass catchers are pretty good here too, Kyle. Debo Samuel, Brian, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Juwan Jennings, Christian McCaffrey's pretty doggone re- good receiving back. Uh, there's a lot of star power here, a lot of versatility. I give this a four and a half. Four and a half. No brainer. 
which Stunt. gets us to defense, which you said could be the best in the league. Um, it is I think the best there's a good chance of it, especially with their schedule. Maybe you have a slight gripe about you wishing there's a little more depth up front of the D line, maybe a little bit more proven corner situation. Um, pretty close to a five for me, but I had to, I had to back off a little bit. I gave it a four, seven, five. Listen, if not now, when I gave it a five, two fives, this is an electric line, electric linebackers, electric as edge rush, Javon Hargrave pairing with Bosa, Hufungo in the back end. I think Gibson was really good last year. There it is, two fives. I don't care about the corners. I, I give don't. it a 25.75 for me. Is the, Why is do the you 49ers. hate the 49ers? <laughs> I think that's my highest grade I've ever given by a point and a half. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, your previous high was Mac Jones, 2021, his rookie season. He got a 24.5. Trey Lance for you, 25.75 in 2023. The, quarter, the 49ers quarterback situation is the best that we have done for young quarterbacks that we've done in this exercise. And that holds true for me as well. Joe, two and a half points better than my previous best score. Mm. Dang. Matt Jones, 2021 as well. And that team <laughs> won 10 games. It's a good, good, good time to be a 49ers quarterback. You're going to have a real good right. chance. You got everything you need around you. You have everything you need around you. Justin Fields time. Justin Fields time. Let's do it. All right. Coaching situation. Matt Eberflus, the head coach. Luke Getze, the OC. Uh, Andrew Janako is their quarterback's coach. Second year on the job. Uh, was with the Vikings for a while before that. And Tyke Tolbert, a longstanding wide receiver coach, is the passing game coordinator there. I gave this a three. Um, I like Getze. I think you got some good experience elsewhere. Um, I don't know that it's above average. It's likable. I give it a solid average three. Yeah, I think they, they made some nice adjustments in season last year. I think they did some fun yeah. stuff schematically to take advantage of the strengths of Justin Fields, and there's continuity. So I also gave it a three. You know, it's 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 I'm not over the moon with this group, but um, this regime getting a chance to to retain everybody and and not get the gang broken up, I think has has some value here. So this is it's a sufficient level coaching staff that they have around Justin Fields right now. Quarterback room here is, along with Justin Fields, P.J. Walker coming over from the Panthers, Nathan Peterman, Tyson Bagent as a UDFA. Man, it's this. Nathan I don't Tebow. think this is great, right? I mean, uh, P.J. This is not PJ, great, no. P.J. Walker's this is, been – This mm, is not good. At least he's somewhat <laughs> stylistically similar to Justin Fields. Like, Peterman, like, congrats on still being employed in the NFL, but there's this is, isn't that good. I had to give it a tick below average at 2.75. I gave it a two. I don't think it's close to average, so I just yeah. gave it a two. Fair enough. Uh, run game, better story to tell here. Deonta Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Travis Homer, good run blocking offensive lineman. Justin Fields is a good runner. I gave this a – man, I should, I'm should. i pumping. I'm going four. I'm going with a four here for good, this run. Good work, Joe. I'm proud of you. I gave it a four as well. Okay. They, they, they are they're going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. They're going to punch you in the mouth, and you are you are going to you're either going to be outgapped defensively every time you play the Bears, or you're going to have one on ones on the outside, and now they have DJ Moore right. to go with the other receivers that they have. Yeah, yeah, vertical stuff, pound the rock should be good. 
Uh, that gets us to the uh, offensive, offensive line. Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, and Darnell Wright, a brand-new right side here to go with the returning left side. Um, well, sort of moving some pieces around. But I think this is a much improved group, right, based on what they were able to add. Mm-hmm. It still needs to come together, right? We want to see that gel. Uh, but I think this is at least average at a three. I agree. I think Darnell Wright coming in and being what they're hoping he is probably moves this above a three. But until we have a little bit more information, uh, I think there's some limitations from the ceiling and pass protection for some of these players. But with how they're going to play stylistically and how heavy they're going to be into the run, I think it's an adequate level group as a whole. Um, excited to see how Nate Davis translates over, but I think Darnell Wright can really be the big needle mover here, but for now it's a three. Pass catchers, DJ Morin, uh, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, EQ St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Cole Komet at tight end has been pretty productive. Robert Tunyon now, the tight end too. Um, DJ Moore, I think, gives them a legit number one. I think uh, Mooney now is a two, really makes this a better situation for him and everyone else in this receiver core reasonably sound tight end i think this is a three and a half tick tick above average here yeah you wish you had maybe one more difference maker right i think Komet's a solid player i think tunyon at this point is is quality depth but oh i i think it a big-time threat at tight end could really be the next level for what they are doing with running the ball and being in heavier personnel. I don't know that they necessarily have that. I think Komet's more of a, he's not a separator. He's a little bit more of a chain mover underneath, and that's fine. But I think if you really want to jolt this supporting cast, that's an ad that, that you should aspire to, to come to as Justin Fields continues to evolve. Uh, but for now, I gave it a 3.25. It's an above-average group. Gets us to the defense here, and the defensive line is just not good enough, in my opinion. And I think that ruins a solid linebacker, not a solid, a really good linebacker duo in Edmonds and and uh, Edwards. Uh, you got some really nice young talent in the secondary, but I think I think you are really putting them in. You're, you know, you're, there's a domino effect here for not being sound up front and. You know, we, we look at this through the lens of how much stress can the defense take off the quarterback. If you're not going to be able to rush the pass or you're not going to be able to, you know, anchor against the run, it's going to be tough to play defense. That's going to put a lot more on your quarterback. So I'm I'm not in love with this defense at all. I give it a two. I give it a two and a half. I think it's it's got a lot of redeeming qualities. Uh, the young players on the back end, the linebackers, uh, obviously talent there. They have young players up front. But I agree with you that, you know, until we know that this team can kind of hold their ground and be effective players in the trenches, uh, it's a little bit of an incomplete grade and evaluation. And and if you don't know, you don't feel good about it. And because of that, I I gave it a two and a half. Uh, So my total for Chicago was 17.75. And Joe looks like 18.25 is the final score for Joe Marino as it pertains to Justin Fields. Which is really good news because the jump here from 2022 Justin Fields, for me, I had him at a 10.75. I mean, he goes from literally the worst situation I've graded since we've started doing this to, all right, now we're flirting with the 20. Yeah, and there's some some big picture stuff that I'm interested to to dig into. We have to do Mac Jones, and, and I know we got to take another break here, but um, 
Fields 2022 is a 10.5 for me. So we both had him under an 11. And for Chicago to check back in here at uh, a 17.75, I mean, that might be the biggest year one to year two jump or year year over year jump. Sure. It was is. year two to year three. Yeah. But I mean, that that's they, you almost doubled your score. Yeah. So I, I, I think the continuity is really valuable. I think the, the fact that they made the commitment to invest and what they went out and got to complement what he did well is a good case study of building around a quarterback as you're collecting more information on the things he does well and the things that he needs work on. All right, we got Mac Jones and some big picture conversation coming up after a very quick break. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mac Jones, New England Patriots. Here's the thing that everybody needs to bear in mind as it pertains to Mac Jones. Mac Jones has routinely been camped out in the top half of this exercise. For me, 2021 Mac Jones is now number two overall, but was number one overall through the first two years for his situation. Mac Jones 2022 was still over a 20. So coming into the ones that we did this year, Mac Jones had spot number one and spot number draft dudes do math. One, two, three, four. Two of my top four situations prior to doing 2023 quarterback situations was the New England Patriots. Case point, they won 18 games over the last two years. For you, Joe, Mac Jones was your previous record holder before Trey Lance or the, the 49ers situation supplanted him. And then Mac Jones 2022 was a little lower than me, but it was still in the top half. Mm-hmm. Coaching. Bill O'Brien, baby, right? We got an OC. Let's go with Bill Belichick. Um, Joe Judge still hanging around as the assistant's quarterback's coach. But I think the upgrade here from last year to this year is very significant. I do hate that this is now three years, three offensive coordinators, right, for for yeah. Mac, um, which is not great. But the the upgrade here is, is significant. It needed to be done. I actually give this a three and a half. I give it a 3.75. I think there's a certain floor with Belichick just overall with his knowledge. Say, we, you know, we, we dunk on Belichick, the executive, quite a bit. But mm-hmm. Belichick, the coach, um the experience that he can provide and the insight that he could provide to a young quarterback, I think obviously has a lot of value and, and the Bill O'Brien upgrade makes this an above average group. And as I looked at some of the other grades that I gave for other coaching staffs and situations, uh, I wanted to keep a tier below the other fours that I had, because I do think it's not a great staff. He's, we shouldn't be over the moon with Bill O'Brien, but it's a major upgrade over what they had. Quarterback room is uh, Mac Jones to go with Bailey Zappi, second-year player, and Trace McSorley. Uh, this is not a great backup situation, right? I mean, Zappi, I know he's smart, a lot of different experiences coming out of college, but you know he's not a guy that has a whole lot to point to in the NFL, and neither does Trace McSorley. Uh, so I, I, it's hard to see the value that these guys bring. You certainly don't want either playing 
Um, I gave it a two, Kyle. I think this is below average. I also gave it a two. Um, I especially think with the, I don't know if it's media driven or not, but the quarterback quote unquote controversy that keeps getting teased. Oh, it's, it doesn't sound like Mac Jones is just the unquestioned starter of this football team. I'm sure he will be, but it's come up throughout the off season that, you know, they're, there may be some level of competition here. And I, I don't think that helps your quarterback situation either for a player who's started over 30 games the last two seasons and is in year three and, and should feel well incubated about what's around him. I think that the, uh, I don't say instability, but the, the lack of certainty about his situation uh, puts some undue stress on that, on that player in Mac Jones. Gets us to the run game. Ramondre Stevenson, James Robinson, Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. Really good uh, run-blocking offensive line. I give it a four. I think this is a run game he can lean on. Uh, Yeah, Ramondre is one of my favorite players in the league. And you know that means a lot because he's playing for the Patriots. Yeah. So, I had a big man crush on him coming out of Oklahoma. There's no doubt he is a total dude. Um, I hope they continue to feature him. And James Robinson doesn't sap too much of his opportunity because he's a really fun player and really effective player. And I think O'Brien's going to bring back some of that gap consistency in the run game. Four good for me. Gets us to the offensive line. And this this has the, you know, if, some, if a couple of these guys bounce back, I mean, this, this group can be really good. Trent Brown at left tackle. Cole Strange year two at left guard. Mm-hmm. David Andrews, who's been a stalwart at center. Mike and Wayne Yu, who I think has probably been their highest levels, right, over the last few years, like the best moments have come from Wayne Yu, and then we're going to kind of piece it together with Riley Reef at right tackle. A lot of upside, I think, and I know that's kind of weird to say upside with, you know, some established guys like Brown uh, and Andrews, but, you know, if you go back to our conversation about this offensive line and the dynamics of that offense, it didn't position them to play their best football at all. And so if they bounce back, you, you get growth from Strange and on Wayne Yu, right, and if right, Reef can hold his head above water, feel pretty good about this offensive line uh so i graded it as a three and a half but this could this could this could get to a four reef's got to stay healthy he's got to play they, well too they they just cut kajust as well mm-hmm. so uh, i'm mindful of the lack of depth at tackle they have three rookies as their backups on the interior is probably what we're expecting with where they invested in sal and uh jake andrews and Mafi. Mafi. Yeah. <laughs> solid rookie prospects, but that's a lot of youth to have on the inside. So uh, they, they, they don't really have the depth or the experience that gives you the warm and fuzzies for if they have somebody miss time. So a little mindful of that, but I agree with you. If, if Trent Brown bounces back and is what he's been capable of being, um, we could we could tap into higher than where we're at now, but I also gave it a three and a half. Pass catchers for Mac Jones, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki. Stevenson caught a lot of passes last year. That's something yeah. that he brings to the table that we can't overlook. I mean, I think there's a solid group here. I don't think that there's an absolute needle mover. Like, you know, you look at it and say, wow, that's our number one corner has to go on that guy, right? I, I think that's kind of missing here. Tyquan Thornton emerging as a legit vertical threat would be good for this group. Um, so I, I, I like it. Don't love it. I give it a solid three average. Yeah. You've, you've got two vertical guys in Bourne and Thornton. And then you got a, 
bunch of big-bodied contested catch power bodies uh, playing in your pass catcher room. So uh, I I think you have a lot of options. I think you have a lot of adequate level options. I don't think you have anybody that really jolts you up. I gave it a three. I think it's a sufficient level group. I I do think it has some limitations that I think teams that have depth in the secondary, you know, you might be tested in in winning in those capacities. You're going to have to win off play action and scheme and, and calling up the right plays at the right times to get those guys open. Last thing we have is the defense. And, you know, I'm looking at my notes and it's funny. My notes has this next to defense. It's built how they want it. <laughs> yeah. It's all that matters, right? It is. So like, like I, I certainly have some preferential differences with how it's constructed, but there's really no doubt in my mind that Bill kind of has the players he wants in the spots that they're in. And given how much they believe in their scheme, you know, they probably feel really good about their defense. I'm giving it a 3.75 because I do. I think there's some limitations like with the linebackers and the range and how they're going to have to incorporate safeties to offset that wish Barmore, you know, had a little bit more of a sample size of staying healthy. You know, we, we still got to see what Christian Gonzalez is. I had a few questions here, but I think this is going to be, you know, at the end of the day an above average defense. So you gave it a 3.75? 3.75. I gave it a 4. You know, they, Statistically speaking, they have performed very consistently. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, it's built how they want it, I think is a great way to put it. Uh, I think they're going to be a strong defensive unit. They're, they're not going to lay down uh, in, in any matchup. They'll, they'll be a tough matchup for the vast majority of teams that they play, regardless of the talent that's on the other side, just because of the depth that they have and, and the system and, and Belichick. So uh, four for me, which puts the Patriots in year three of Mac Jones, their situation at a 20.5 for me and a 19.75 for you. So if you're looking for the silver lining, this isn't an upper echelon score, but Joe, for you, it is up three quarters of a point from last year, and it's up a quarter of a point for me from last year. So, so we've done the pull thing. up. You want to, I'm going to pull the chart up for everybody to take a look at. If you want to also look at the chart, I am on the chart tab Great. here. Lots of colors and numbers here. I see you on the uh, upper right hand corner. I see the J. Yep, you're, I see, right. So I can confirm that you're in here. Yep. So we have each one of these quarterbacks that we've done this exercise for Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, AKA San Francisco. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Their scores, respectively. And you can see for the quarterbacks who have a couple of years of sample size of playing, a.k.a. the 2021 group, the guys that we just did, the correlation between the situation that they were in and the... Uh, end result for the games that the team won. But then also, I think it's really interesting, every single one of these three players, or four players, they went down from year one to year two, and then they went up from year two to year three. you have any theories on that, Joe? Yeah. Um, well, for the for the Bears and Jaguars, new GMs and coaching staffs all together, um, for the Patriots you know, they got goofy last year, right? Coming out of year one with the clinging to the new coaching staff that was 
wonky from the beginning. Like the the receiving like the receiving core was not as good as it is now. We didn't know about Ramondre Stevenson to the extent that we do now. You know, I think that's I mean that to me that's the answer. I also think there's probably something to be said about getting more information on on what your quarterback needs. Yeah. As well. So I think I think it's very impactful to look at all four of these quarterbacks and say their situation is better this year or we assess it to be better this year than it was last year. But also it's the with the exception of Justin Fields, it's the best situation that all three of the other quarterbacks have had. And I think you could probably be able to apply that to the Jets with Zach Wilson too, although we didn't do Zach Wilson for this exercise because he's no longer the starting quarterback of the team. Right, but that's true. It would be true. So I think there's this kind of natural progression about team building. You know, we talk about team building and trying to surround players with the right pieces around them and some of these extenuating circumstances with with Jacksonville and, and Chicago where you have regime changes that you have to shift gears in. I think that it certainly set Chicago back, right? And then we had they had all those draft picks and they spent them all on the defense last year. Remember their their 2022 draft class and they came out and they drafted Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon. It's like, man, like they're not helping out Justin Fields and so he that situation hasn't bounced back enough, but I do think it's quite telling for the other three quarterbacks, they're positioned as good as they have been. Well, Mac Jones is down a touch. But like you said, they got goofy as well. I, I just the trend line of down and then up from year one to year two and year two to year three. I think the more information you have, the better picture you can paint. I think that's really helpful. It also aligns with the expectations for these teams. I think generally speaking, most people perceive San Francisco as a favorite, one of the favorites in the NFC to win it. Yeah, 26, we, we, 25, 25, 26 points is higher than anything we've given out by a substantial margin. Yeah. And we, we fully expect, I mean, if Jaguars don't win the South, I mean, We'll if you had to, you could say if you had to bet. If you had to bet on one team to win their division this year, right? It's that. That's the one you're picking, right? Yeah. Like if you, it's a life or death situation. You have to pick oh. one team to win their division. You'd pick the Jaguars, and then San Francisco against the West. Well, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We might be rolling with that. <laughs> <laughs> we might be rolling with that for sure. How about how about these year one situations? We don't have any other information other than the situation that we graded them in, but I do think it is. It's interesting to see the other situations that were put in a similar tier. I mean, we have five first-time starters between Hal, Ritter, Young, Stroud, and Richardson. And these scores range from a 16 to a 20. You've got three that are really close to a 20 between Richardson, Bryce Young, and Desmond Ritter. You can almost divide this line right down the middle and take the last five QBs and compare them to the information that we have with the first five QBs on the list, which includes Kenny Pickett and the four 2021 guys. Any of those situations stand out to you for where they're graded? Um, it's interesting how close Kenny Pickett was year over year. I, I wish things were better for he, some of these guys, to be honest with you. 
I think the improvements for Kenny Pickett. Now you saw you saw a dramatic increase for Kenny Pickett. I was just higher on his year one situation. You put Kenny Pickett in twenty twenty two as a sixteen. I put him as a nineteen and a half. These are off my numbers because Joe is notorious for when we get into the show, he changes his numbers as we go. Yeah. So I didn't want to have to do that and then simultaneously be trying to do the show and changing the numbers for the chart. So I do I do have that graded a lot higher. Yeah, four points. Four and a half points higher. For Kenny, year one to year two. Yeah, and you have them pretty close. They're separated by a quarter of a point. I have 19 and a half and then 19 and three quarters. I think the NFC South guys are interesting with Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter and both of those being 20 and 19 and a half. And then for you, you have Ritter at a 19 and a quarter and Bryce Young for you is 20 and three quarters. So how many games do you think the Panthers win? Because strategy or history will mm-hmm. tell you that, you know, in this, whether Bryce Young starts the game or not, you know, you had Trey Lance 2021 over a 20. You had Mac Jones 2021 over a 20. And then you had Trey Lance 2022 over a 20. That's it for guys that you've given a 20 prior to this year's group with the, the 49ers situation, Trevor Lawrence situation this year, and Bryce Young situation this year. Those teams won a lot of games. Right. So how many games do you think the, the Panthers are going to win? At some point this summer, we're going to do a schedule prediction for the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and everyone can find out. <laughs> Very uh, strategically timed answer. I just took the chart down because we're going to get out of here. But uh, well played on your part. I was trying to see if I could box you into an ambitious number. Don't you hate when they do it? You know, I got a radio thing or something like that, and they're like, they, you get through this entire conversation. Like, well, how many games do you think you're going to win? It's like, yeah. What? Oh, my buddy Travis Wingfield with uh, the Dolphins, he'll, no, he'll he ask me. And John Schmelk with the Giants does this too. He do the radio spots. It's like, all right, who are they drafting? When you do the draft stuff, it's like, wait, like right, call, call your shot. Who are they drafting? It's like, man. <laughs> Yo, John, I know <laughs> that about John. I don't think Travis has done that to me. Uh, yeah. And uh, Dolphins didn't pick the last two years until the second and third rounds. Like, oh, Travis. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. So that is tough. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a fun time. We're uh, obviously good buddies with both John and Travis. They're both great guys. So we we are out of here. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day today. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you catch your favorite podcasts. Come on back. See us again soon. Hit subscribe. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We will be back tomorrow with another team breaking them down in depth. Hope to see you then. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.